Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today we are learning how to change with Casey Orvidas. So I love listening and talking to Casey because she is half psychologist and half fitness coach. I have actually done one of her courses, the Health Mindset Coaching Certification, and I learned so much from her. In this episode, we are talking about what is your mindset, and then she breaks down for us what is a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. When we talk about why your mindset is so important when it comes to creating change in your life. And I thought to wrap up the year, this would be a perfect episode to listen to as you prepare for the new year ahead. We also talk about the link between stress and self-control. When I went through her course, this was something that really hit home for me um, and all the clients that I work with. So if you think you struggle with self-control, it's not you necessarily. It might have to do with the stress in your life. And we talk about how your brain works. And when you understand how your brain and your body work, then you are empowered to make better decisions and set your life up in a way that it's pulling you in the direction that you want to go rather than constantly pushing against you. So sit back, learn from this, however you are going to listen, walk, talk, um, be on the treadmill outside, do it while you're listening while you're lifting your weights, but this is definitely an episode you're going to want to share with your friends. I've got link to links to all of Casey's stuff in the show notes, so please start following her on Instagram. Catch up with her any which way you can. Enjoy this episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. Today, we are talking to Casey Orvidas, and she has a course that I have gone through that I absolutely loved. If you are a fellow nutrition coach, you need to do this course. It is the Health Mindset Coaching Certification, and you can guess by the name of that course that she's an expert in mindset. Um, But before we dive into our great conversation today, Casey, thanks for being here. And can you tell us a little bit about your background and what it is that you do now? Yes, definitely. So I like to consider myself sort of like half and half health and fitness coach and half psychologist. Pretty much everything I do falls in line with that like half and half scenario. Um, So I do own a one-on-one health and fitness coaching business and have a handful of assistant coaches on my team who help me out with that. And then I also run, as Kylie just mentioned, the health mindset coaching certification. And that is sort of my coaching of other coaches that I do. Um, And in there, I bring in a lot of my psychologist side of me and teach on aspects of mindset and behavior change and psychology for other coaches to better understand how to utilize those things for 
their clients. Um, so within that, you know, everything is kind of like intertwined because the mindset certification is very heavily related to health and fitness coaches. So we use a lot of examples in the health and fitness realm. Um, and my one-on-one team for health and fitness coaching, we do bring in a lot of mindset and sort of like psychological underpinnings and do some trainings and stuff like that for them to better understand, you know, their self-sabotaging behaviors and like understand health and fitness from like a psychological perspective as well. So it is sort of intertwined, but those are kind of like the two halves of my business and the two halves of me. (laughs) And I think it's really important to know, I mean, the two exist together. Mm. I don't know if you can really have the nutrition coaching without the mindset or the psychology. And you guys, let's back up a sec. Casey does have her PhD in psychology. So she is a doctor. Should I call you Dr. Casey? (laughs) (laughs) You definitely don't have to. (laughs) That girl knows what she's talking about. And, you know, you talk about this a lot on your social. A lot of people are talking about mindset, but not everyone is talking about it. Like not everyone understands what mindset actually is and actually how to change it. I mean, can you break it down for us? How would you describe or define a mindset? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question because I think it is something that's kind of gotten a hold of like pop psychology type of stuff. And people talk about it as like almost sort of on the same hand as like manifestation and things like that. Um, when in reality, like, yeah, I have literally have a PhD in this stuff and spent five years researching it in the mindset lab. So I know that there's definitely some real science to it. Otherwise I wouldn't have the letters after my name. Um, but so with that said, mindset defined is essentially like the lens that we take to see the world through, um, and how we make sense of things, how we assign meaning to things, how we understand things. You can then like realize how all of that stuff can greatly impact, you know, our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, our actions, and ultimately like our success. Um, so really, really important stuff. And it does kind of take sort of like a broad category for sure, which is why we typically then kind of go down to the next level, which is like breaking it down into growth versus fixed mindset and how having that mindset can determine some of these things, right? So at a baseline level there, we're essentially talking about whether or not you believe you can change. So someone with a fixed mindset doesn't believe at the end of the day, they can actually make these changes. Whereas someone with a growth mindset does believe that they can. So again, very like baseline level definition, um, but is important because it does eventually like dictate how you show up in the world and whether or not you're successful in the things that you set out to do. 100%. You know, it was so serendipitous. I was doing your course. And honestly, right before I started your course, I was reading um, Caroline Dweck's book about Mm -hmm. mindset. And so I have a son and I was thinking to myself, I mean, if you have kids, you need to understand how mindset works. So when you're speaking to your child, like, are you fostering this sense of a growth mindset or are you fostering more of a, a fixed mindset? It was just I realized the importance of my role and the way that I say things around my son, um, because I mean, we can change it. Right. But it's challenging to change your mindset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, as you know, with coaching people, it's hard to change someone's perception of food or themselves. Um, yeah. So speaking of that, how does one go about change, changing their, let's start with changing their mindsets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, because 
if you change, if you want to change anything, like it's a good place to start for sure. Um, and to be honest, like this is probably the most frequent question that I get asked. Um, number one, understanding that it's not impossible. So if you feel like you're holding yourself back, like it's absolutely changeable. I mean, we were able to shift people's mindsets in just like a pretty simple, like lab study, you know? Um, so actually just showing people say like a fake news article or something like that was enough to just like shift their mindsets, at least in the moment. Um, so it is doable for sure. Um, but I think what's most important is becoming more aware of where your fixed mindset shows up. So I, you know, I share that having a fixed mindset essentially means that you don't believe that you can change, Mm -hmm. but the reality is like, that goes so much deeper. And if you don't see where it's showing up, or you just assume that you don't have a fixed mindset, like you're definitely doing yourself a disservice. So better understanding number one, finding where that fixed mindset shows up in your life. So you can go about changing it. Um, but also understanding like what that could look like. Um, and a few of the things that I like to point out of like, okay, so how do I go about like on this mind fixed mindset hunt in my life? Right. Um, is to look at setbacks, feedback, and success. So setbacks, essentially, just like they sound, you know, any time you feel like you're like in a situation of failure, or you're taking a step back from like where you were maybe previously going forward in any of your goals, or something seems to get in the way, barriers, obstacles, challenges, that sort of thing. How do you respond to those things? If you notice that you often give up in the face of those things, or you use that as evidence that like, you're not cut out for it. You're not meant to do it. Things like that. That's all fixed mindset territory. So feedback is getting constructive criticism, hearing, um, whether it's good feedback or bad feedback from like a boss, your significant other, your friend, your mom, whatever. How do you respond in those situations? If it's with defensiveness or justifications or, um, like essentially inability to step back and see it as an opportunity to get better and to improve, that's a fixed mindset. Um, and then lastly is success. And this is the success of other people. How do you respond to that? So say someone else has become successful in an area of their lives that you are also striving for, do you automatically just get super jealous? You start justifying why they were successful. You say that they were lucky or they were just born talented or they got it handed to them, things like that. That's all evidence of a growth mindset because instead of seeing them as inspiration and as like an opportunity to learn from or um, essentially like proving that you can do it. If they were able to do it, you're seeing it as like, oh, they just were able to, for some other reason, you know, not something that I am capable of doing or I have. Um, so that's another evidence, um, or piece of fixed mindset that may show up in your life. Um, so starting to just like, I'm sure some of you listening may be like, oh man, yeah, I definitely do those things. And before you may have not thought that you had a fixed mindset, but like, those are, very clear indicators that you do. And that's, yeah. again, like I said at the beginning, kind of prefaced all of this is that having those things doesn't mean you're stuck there and it doesn't mean you can't change those things. Like we know for sure it can change. And I see it happen all the time in our one-on-one clients. I see it happen all the time. The coaches that go through my program, um, they see it in their clients, et cetera. It's definitely possible. So you have to just like first, like be aware and accept, right? Like become more aware of these fixed mindset qualities that you may have, accept that they are there, but also understand that you can still change. I love it. Well, so this brings up the next thing I want to talk to you about because it is more than just positive thinking. Mm-hmm. You did a really great post the other day about visualization is awesome, but it's actually not the tool that we need for change. Yeah. And 
without like taking over the conversation, but what you're saying, you were saying it's just not enough. So can you tell us more about that? Like, I remember as a swimmer, when I was growing up, we would visualize our races, but now I'm thinking I might've needed to visualize some other things in order to make that even more powerful. Mm, Interesting. That. Yeah. Visualization too, like, especially in sports, I feel like is really, really popular. And I mean, there are plenty of pro athletes that definitely lean into it and like support it and say, it's like part of the reason why they've won championships and whatever, for sure. Um, and so I don't think there's anything, it's not inherently like wrong or bad. Um, but it is like missing some like pretty awesome qualifications that you could like add to it to really like enhance your ability to change. So it's one thing if you are, you know, preparing for a swim meet or like going in for like a big lift and like trying to hit a PR or going into like, I don't know, maybe it's like a presentation or something for work. Positive visualization can be really helpful in those cases, mostly because it just puts you in like a calmer state and helps you just like familiarize yourself with like a positive outcome. So those are good things. It makes you feel better in the moment, makes you feel more prepared, can bring down your nerves, anxiety, stress, things that surround that stuff. Awesome. Love that. But if you are looking to change a behavior, say you want to, and you have like, like greater long-term goals, like weight loss, or you want to change your lifestyle to be healthier in general, you want to make these pretty massive changes in your life. You can't just simply like visualize yourself at a smaller weight or like visualize your life with like filled with fruits and vegetables. (laughs) Like there needs to be more there, including looking to some of like the quote unquote, like more negative stuff, like what is going to get in the way? Like what's going to be hard? What's going to be difficult? What's going to be a barrier? What's going to happen when you do have a setback or what's going to happen when you do fail at like one of the steps along the way? Like, how are you going to respond to that? What's that going to look like? What's the game plan? You know, so spending some time there and this is more in alignment with what they call in um, like psychological research as mental contrasting. So that's this like kind of strategy of contrasting like your current reality with where you want to go and sort of reverse engineering about all of those things, you know, the barriers, the challenges, the things that are going to make it hard, like what you need to do in order to be successful, the steps along the way, um, kind of creating that game plan instead of only visualizing the positive outcome. You see, there's like so much more here that will make you more likely to change. Again, nothing wrong with visualization. It definitely has some great research to support it on um, kind of bringing down some of those negative emotions and and preparing you for big events. But if you want to make a change in your life, it's not going to be sufficient. Well, and you know, as we're talking about it, I always my mind is going towards clients who struggle on the weekends. You know, of course we know we need a plan so they can have the best plan in place, but let's be honest, plans don't always go the way that we want them to. So having that contrast, mental contrasting, okay, if this happens, if I get stuck, if my kid wins this game and I get stuck at another game, I'm going to have this other snack on me or whatever that if then planning is, is there a special name for if then planning? Yeah, the like true scientific term is implementation intentions. (laughs) So like the intentions that you have to like implement something, if then planning is a lot easier and it also does explain the literal structure of it. (laughs) So, but yes, there is a name. But I think that's so true because one thing I like to remind clients is like, we're going to fail. Like failing is not losing. It's just, you know, learning like they say, but if we can plan for it, then we can plan to get back up and stay on track. 
So right. that to me just means we're going to be able to change just a little bit more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things are, things are going to happen, like having that expectation, but then like what you do with the things that do happen to you is like what really matters most. So like planning ahead as much as possible for those things, talking about those things, don't pretending, not pretending like they like don't exist and things like that. Super, super important. So before we hopped on the call, you guys, or I hit record, I was telling Casey, my favorite lesson out of her course was um, the link between stress and self-control because I can see my clients getting frustrated with what seems to be a lack of self-control. But if you step back and you see what else is going on in their life, it's like, well, it's no surprise that you had this behavior considering X, Y, and Z also happened in that day. So can you explain to us um, how stress and self-control are related, but not necessarily friendly? I believe you get maybe your, those, maybe your words. Yeah. Yeah. To some degree, I definitely say that they're, they're not friends. (laughs) They're somewhat enemies. Yes. Yeah. Definitely somewhat enemies. Um, And the kind of main reason for this is that stress and self-control are operating at different pieces of your brain, basically different areas of your brain. They're requiring different processes of your brain, of your, um, essentially of like your nervous system to some degree. Um, so when we're talking about this stress is operating from a place that is more or less like strong, just like biological things that were like in place systems that were in place in our brains and like the way that it's set up is for essentially like caveman, cave woman days, and very much focused on like survival, keeping us alive, things like that. Self-control is something that's kind of needing to be required more in like our advanced human era. (laughs) So, I mean, it wasn't in the caveman days that you were having to like say no to the extra like piece of cake, you know, like that didn't exist. Instead, it was like, we were almost reliant on instant gratification to keep us alive during that time. It's like whenever there was food available, it's like you eat it, right? So we are running into that issue now with having to exercise self-control to kind of like fight against that old system. Um, So your self-control sort of part of your brain lives in your prefrontal cortex. And that is like the big lobe directly behind your forehead. That's where all of our deliberate decision-making happens, attention, control, a lot of like our growth mindset type of thinking and reactions kind of quote unquote lives there. Um, I'm not a neuroscientist, so nobody come after me (laughs) for my explanations here. Um, But that your prefrontal cortex is a different space than where stress lives in more of like the midbrain regions of your brain. So the problem here though, is that it takes resources in order to initiate either of these things. So if you are super stressed out, your mental resources will be going to that part of your brain and away from your prefrontal cortex where self-control lies and vice versa, right? Um, So that's where they do kind of like battle it out frequently. And this really is like our more progressed parts of our brain, battling it out with like our cave woman brain to some degree. So, I mean, it's all necessary and it's all fine. It's all good, but we're essentially not necessarily wired to operate our self-control in times of stress, which is difficult, right? When I'm pretty sure anyone at any given time has some sort of stress in their lives these days. So it's definitely one of those things though, that I always want to like put the caveat out there that again, like that doesn't mean just because you're wired this way, this is the way that it is that you're like stuck and you can't like go up against it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, having this knowledge of how your brain works and better understanding 
already makes you more powerful and can make you more aware of those instances where you are stressed out and you're, it's hard for you to exercise your self-control. You can catch yourself and be like, this is just my brain trying to do, you know, what it needs to do to survive. But like, I don't need that anymore as I'm not living in a cave. So like, what can I do to kind of like interrupt this pattern and like be smarter than like this wiring. And the more you're able to like break that pattern and recognize it and like really like get in the middle of it, the better and easier it will get over time to do that almost automatically. So you can truly kind of like shift the wiring that you have to some degree for sure. Um, it doesn't mean that it will ever become effortless. Like you probably will always, always, always run into temptation, want instant gratification over long-term reward, that sort of thing. But just being a little bit more like well-equipped with like specific tools and methods and the things that you learned in my mindset certification to help clients work through some of this stuff, you can't get around it. it ha- there's a workaround yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, and like you said, that even just knowing this, even if you're like still wrapping your brain around it, I hope that you feel empowered already because to me, it's like, oh, there's something wrong with me. That makes total sense. This part's taking the energy and this part is doesn't have enough resources to kick in. I'm like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. I can change. It's my stress. I don't have, it's not lack of willpower. It's lack of resources. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's like another common misconception, right? Is that like, yeah, the amount of willpower or self-control that you have is kind of like this like static thing. And like some people have more and some people have less, but the reality is from like more recent research that we have is that there aren't necessarily people that are better at self-control. It's essentially that there are just people who set up their lives do not have to exercise self-control that much in the first place. So like I could sit here all day long and be like, oh yeah, I have great self-control. I've got my healthy lifestyle on lock. Like everything's like, I've been rocking it for the last 10 years, whatever. Um, The reality is that like, I have no more self-control than like maybe someone who is a brand new client on our team and has never like tried to live a healthy lifestyle before. And they feel like they're constantly in the face of temptation and they can't like go against it. We are the same. The difference is that like, I have learned how to set up my life to really like help me and to get into a place where I really understand that like I am getting more out of, you know, going to the gym and eating healthy and like kind of learning kind of these intrinsic motivators, which is an entirely another like discussion. And, you know, I don't keep a lot of stuff like in my house that would tempt me. And I don't surround myself with a lot of people who don't live a healthy lifestyle and just like makes it a lot easier on me than maybe someone who's just like getting into it. Um, So that's truly, that's another thing that I think can be really empowering too, is to not like look to like your most idolized Fitzbo and think that they have just like something that you don't, the reality is they really don't. (laughs) They just have like their lifestyle set up in a certain way. And they've been doing it long enough where they were able to kind of like instill these workarounds in their brain and rewire some pathways over time. And there's like no reason you can't do that too. Well, and I think that's really fair to talk about. You and I are very much on the same page. I'm sure we have somewhat similar structures in place to where I don't have a lot of outside factors coming in that are going to throw me off. Mm-hmm. I've designed my life that way on purpose. Um, what does your, what does that look like for you? What things do you have in place that help your environment pull you in the right direction rather than like these dodgeballs that you're like trying to dodge all the time? Yeah, I think honestly, um, the biggest thing is just like structuring my days and, um, 
I guess like day overall is like a good way to describe it. But like when it comes to health, fitness, nutrition, all of those things, like it's, it's sort of become part of like my schedule. Right. And this is something that does take time to get into and make it more habitual, but it's not a nece- not necessarily ever a situation of like, am I going to eat healthy today? Or am I going to go to the gym today? Or am I going to drink enough water today? It's just like, how am I going to do that? You know, how, how are we going to make this happen today? It's like a non-negotiable to do those things at this point, but it's just so embedded in like my nature and who I am at this point. And that just literally takes reps. You know, you just got to do it over and over again until you get to that point, which I know is not like a fun or sexy answer, but figuring it out too, how it looks different for you than it may for someone else. And like how something works well for me may not work for you. You know, um, that said, I also feel like a really, really big dial mover with this stuff, not only for me, but like what I've seen in clients over the years and things like that is your social circle. It is honestly unreal how much we take from the people that are around us and like what we take from like social, social proof and things like that. I mean, we could go as far down the line as like, you probably purchased something on Amazon the last week because it had good reviews from other people that like, you don't even know, you know, yes, (laughs) and you don't even know if they're real, but yet we, you know, we have these people in our lives who we do know really well. We do really trust and we love and we appreciate and we respect and like what they're doing and what they're saying will rub off on you, whether you want it to or not, like it will like impact your decisions. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, throw away your friend group and find a new one, but like having tough conversations with them and letting them know how you want to change your life and how they can support you and how they can show up to make that easier for you can be a massive, massive game changer. I mean, it's like, I think it's something that's talked about, but like, even still the like gravity of it isn't really got, doesn't really get across like, and how really important this stuff is. I mean, not to get like super grim and go dark with this, but there's a reason like people like post like the Jim Jones situation with like the mass suicide, you know, he like brought all these people to South America and somehow got them all to like kill, like kill themselves, you know, that is like, obviously we're talking like cults and stuff at this point, but cults are built off of the same exact structure, which is like the social fabric and social circles and like pure, what your peers are doing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of a tangent, but just to really illustrate just like how important this is, like, think about the people in your life and how they are or not contributing to your ability to exercise self-control in your health and fitness behaviors. And if it feels like they're more often than not making it like, so you have to use self-control then maybe a conversation is warranted or maybe something else needs to happen. If you're in a position where you're like, actually, when I think about it, all of the people in my life, like do live healthy lifestyles and are like pretty great at this and, and that sort of thing. And actually do help me. Then like, you're in a really great position. You should definitely be grateful for that. Cause it's making your life easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so my clients are a little bit, I mean, they're my age, right? So they're older. I would say at the youngest 35, mostly 40 to 45, But the younger clients that I work with, this is really, it's hard no matter how old you are, but like if you're of the age where you're going out and you're like still dating and you're doing that whole thing, to me, that's so hard. Like if you constantly have friends, let's go get drinks and let's go do this. I mean, I still do things, but it's just different. Like different stages have different struggles. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. I mean, I think about it. I'm like, the people that I spend the most time with nowadays, like I'm probably the one who's more likely to order a drink, (laughs) you know, which is crazy when it didn't used to be that way for sure. And for a lot of people, that's not the case. And they're the ones that do feel pressured and the pressure often wins. So 
definitely important to think about. Well, on that note, do you feel on your own evolution? Um, and this is, I, I honestly am curious, do you feel that you're in this place where you've found balance and like, you know how to navigate these situations? Yeah, I think so. But I don't even know if like balance would be the word that I use. I think it's more or less just like, I guess like identity to some degree, you know, like, it's just like kind of how I mentioned before, it's just like things that I do. It's part of who I am, you know? And if you can get to a place where you identify with like health and fitness behaviors, like you're set, like you truly are like on the like motivation spectrum. If you get to a point where it's like, I do this stuff either because either like either, or, or, and (laughs) I do these things because I, it makes me feel good truly or, and it is part of who I am. Like if those things are in place, like you're pretty much set. So like, those are the types of like motivational things you should really be striving for. Um, of course, like other little goals along the way, like, Oh, I want to look good for this vacation or, you know, I want to do whatever, like, that's fine. But if you have those like underlying, like, this makes me feel good. This is who I am. This is what I want to be doing with my time. Like you're set. And like, if anyone's listening to this and you're like, what? Like that's possible. Like you, mm-hmm. it is possible if you are True. doing these things that Casey's talking about. I mean, there's people are living proof of it. I mean, you and I yeah. are living proof of it. But I don't know if it means as much coming from us. You know, since we're coaches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might have some insight into that since mindset and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like actually, like that's something that I do mention to coaches who go through the certification too is to be careful with how often they use themselves as examples for things. Yeah. Like, oh, like when I, you know, am traveling, like these are the things that I do to stay on track or mm-hmm. this is how I make this fit into my healthy lifestyle and they may just be like, yeah, except for you've been doing this for a decade and you own a coaching business. And like, this is literally your entire life and career. So, um, sometimes it doesn't like really drive as well, which is why I'm like, to some degree, if you could be like, I was in your shoes, you know, not that long ago. And like, this is like how I was able to get to where I am now. It can be some, and hopefully if they have a growth mindset, right. They see that as like inspiration and as evidence that they can do it. But unfortunately we're working with people often that do come from a fixed mindset place. So instead like letting them know, like, Hey, I'm happy to give you examples of what's worked well for me. And like what I did when I was in your position, you know, a few years ago or whatever, but I also understand that it might be more helpful to hear like examples from like other current clients that maybe literally did this last week and it worked well, like, let me know. And like, we can kind of like discuss different options here. So, um, I definitely get that though. And I understand that like, I think a lot of it again, just like comes back down to mindset though. Like you can find me on Instagram and read through stuff. And on one hand, be like super inspired and motivated and excited. And like, so like ready to like do the same things that I do and like show up the way I show up or whatever. Or you could come to my page and be like, oh my God, she must've just like got lucky. Like, how did she get to do all this stuff? Or like, you know, so truly I think it does come down to your mindset. So as much as I want to be like, coaches, be careful at the same time, I want to be like, also like make sure you're instilling a growth mindset in your clients. So you don't have to worry about that stuff as much. (laughs) It's so true. And I hope people are, you know, are listening to this. They're like, Oh, I do do that. Sometimes I mean, no, no bigs. Like it's cool. We all do it, but let's be aware. Stop. See, am I doing this? Am I fixed right now? So shifting gears, shifting gears just a little bit. Um, you've had your own experience with some not so great coaches. I've had my own experience with some not so great coaches. Can you tell me what your not so great coach experience was like? 
Yep. It was my first coach ever. So good timing since I didn't know any better, which is great. Um, and that's usually how it goes, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it was probably 2012 and I was in college and was like really, really getting interested in health and fitness, you know, bodybuilding.com following like influencers and getting really interested in just like learning. And it's like an entirely new world that I knew nothing about. Um, and was really falling in love with strength training and how well it made me feel and, um, learning more about like macros and all of this stuff. And so I eventually was like, I kind of just want someone to like, teach me some of this stuff or like learn from someone and get like protocols from someone instead of like fumbling around basically, um, stop like second guessing myself. There's so much shit out there. Like, I don't know what's true. What's not. Um, so I hired her she was very, very cheap, which now would be a red flag to me. But in my college years, I was like, well, this is what I can afford. So, um, I worked with her and she did not teach me very much at all. She essentially just said like, here are your numbers that you need to follow. Here's the exercise that you need to do. And if I ever gave her pushback because I was eating way, 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 way too little calories and was starting to notice like food obsession and like some weird stuff going on. I was being run into the ground with like six days a week of training cardio every single day. Um, if I ever gave her pushback or just tried to better understand like why I was doing this, cause now I'm like starting to get smarter. I'm like consuming content on social. that's like women should not be eating, you know, less than maybe like 1300 calories a day. Like, and I'm over here eating that much and like running myself into the ground. And I'm like, and I'm also like not a small, tiny person either. I would ask her questions and she would come back to me with like responses along the lines of like, I remember this specifically her saying like well, this is what bikini competitors eat. So, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a bikini competitor. I never said I wanted it to be a bikini competitor. And also like, even then like bikini competitors should all have different protocols too. I shouldn't just like get like the blanket bikini competitor plan. (laughs) So it was not a good experience. Um, but I am very good at just putting my head down and doing stuff when I'm told. Um, and I was paying for this service and I just followed the leader and it definitely led to some not so great relationships with food. I did not look great. I was definitely just like way, 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 way too skinny. Not enough like muscle on my frame, not enough fat on my frame. Like nothing was good there. Um, so I eventually started to get smarter, hired some better coaches, learned a lot and, this was really a big like reason why I wanted to get into the health and fitness coaching space is to like do better by people. Um, and then kind of picked up psychology along the way and was like, huh, there aren't very many coaches doing this at all. (laughs) So let's add this into the mix too, because this is also important, but yeah, so that's my experience. to. what, What kills me the most though, Casey, is when you share this experience, people will chime in and this is still happening. Oh Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, there's no way. No. But then you'll get responses like, my coach has me doing this. And I'm like, what? Right. How is this even? I mean, on our application for new clients, we have an option to select, like, if you've had a coach before, was it a good experience? Was it a bad experience? And I mean, probably 70% of the time that people have had a coach before, it's like not that great of an experience, like not always to the degree that like my experience was, but it'd also be like, well, you know, they take a week to respond to me or they don't really teach me anything. Or, you know, like, I feel like I'm just getting like a cookie cutter template program. And it's like, oh my God, guys, get it together. (laughs) Seriously. I know. And like, if you're listening, like there are great coaches out there, like just ask me and Casey, like, we know them, 
because it <laughs> blows my mind that people are still giving money to these people. Well, and I had a similar experience around a similar time frame. So you were in college. I had just had my son and he was about a year old and I always wanted to compete. And so mm-hmm. was on the diet. I didn't know what a macro was at that point. I competed without yeah. knowing what macros were. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the training was what the training was, but then where we went awry was like doing multiple shows. Like, you know, you shouldn't be dieting for two years straight. No, 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 no. Come on. Which leads me to um, something we have to talk on every episode, reverse dieting. <laughs> Why is reverse dieting so important, Casey? <laughs> it is very, very important. I, I ask any bikini competitor and I hope they know for sure right? how important it is. But um, that's where like, I mean, at the competitive level, it's like almost like you need to, otherwise you're in a real, real bad situation. However, the same kind of not, maybe not to such an intense degree, but still like general, like real air of importance for anyone else, not competitors. Um, so when you do diet down, say maybe you go through a diet phase and note, I say phase, not like all of the time, when you go through a diet phase, you are kind of pushing down your metabolism to some degree because your metabolism is adaptive. Your body is adaptive. It is very, very smart. So as you feed it less and less over the course of a diet phase, and as you maybe do a little bit more cardio, get a little bit more movement in, that sort of thing, hopefully not to the degree that like I was ever in with my previous coach situation that I just talked about. Um, but you will have to like, okay, maybe you'll a little bit of cardio, you know, plateau a little bit. Okay. Let's bring down calories just a little bit more. You'll have to do that over the course of a diet phase because your body does adapt to it. Mm-hmm. So eventually you get to this point where maybe you've reached your weight loss goal or you just are done dieting, which is fine. And now you're like, okay, well, I'm eating 1500 calories a day. I'm doing all this cardio, I guess. Should I just like go back to how I was eating before? And this is like such a big issue of like all of the fad diets and quick fixes and things that are out there because you go through this like really intense process. And then it's like, okay, now what people go right back to their normal and they gain all the way back, if not more, because now their bodies are essentially like primed and at this lower, lower, like adapted state. So now like their like quote unquote, like maintenance is now lower. So if they go back to what they were eating before, it's going to even be a worse situation. So reverse dieting is somewhat of a fix to this issue. And it's essentially like, just like it says, it's reversing the diet process, right? So instead of now, like slowly bringing down calories, slowly increasing cardio, we're going the opposite direction and slowly adding in food and slowly reducing cardio back to a point and getting you closer to what should be like your true maintenance now at maybe your new weight and seeing what that looks like and doing so in a slow capacity where your body has a chance to adapt on the way up, just like it did on the way down. Um, That said, if you get into a place where you are like super, super dieted down and like maybe like bikini competitors, like status, or you're at the point, even just with a lifestyle diet, where maybe you have lost your cycle or you have like some really massive, like hormone issues, then you might do something that they call like a recovery diet. And you do like more quickly adding calories back in just because you're at like sort of like a health risk at that point. Um, So that is where you get a little bit quicker with the process, but generally taking it slow is the best way to go. And I just wanted to talk about that just so everyone keeps hearing it over and over and over again, Um, because dieting, you need to diet responsibly. Like if you're going to go in a fat loss phase, like you need to go about it the right way. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to ask you about is 
what are your most successful clients doing? Like the ones who are making those changes in their minds, what, what, what are they doing so great? I think first one is since we're talking about like a coaching client relationship and like who's successful there is the people that communicate the most and share the most. So yes, we are over, especially over at KJO. And I know Kylie is now very well equipped now because she went through my program. <laughs> so I'm definitely biased, but um, we know a lot about psychology, know a lot about mindset, but we're not mind readers, right? So we don't know if there is something that comes up in your life or that you're unhappy with some aspect of the coaching process, or you don't really like how you're doing things. Like we don't know that. So the more you communicate like concerns, the more you communicate like positive stuff that you like, um, the more you just like share generally like what's going on. Obviously you don't need to tell us like every little detail about your life by any means, but the more we know, the better we can coach you. So for sure, the clients that do the best and are the most successful and the most successful in like changing things. And like, especially when it comes to mindset related work, sharing that stuff is super important. So for sure, the clients that are most successful, successful, are the ones that are communicating most effectively and most efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I will say is like, kind of like refers back to just like expectations when you go into like a coaching relationship and understanding that like things will get hard. You will have setbacks. You will run into things that, um, don't make you feel good. You'll have weeks that don't show up that great, like on your spreadsheets for your coach and like all of those things, like, but how you respond to that is like what matters the most. So the coaches that their clients rather that are most successful, are number one, coming into a coaching relationship, understanding that that stuff is going to happen and are prepared for it and are ready to like tackle it when it does come. And number two, when they do have setbacks or like challenging weeks or things don't necessarily go as planned, they're ready and rearing to like learn from it and improve from it. So it doesn't happen again in the future. Um, so those are honestly, if you have those two things down pat in a coaching relationship, like you're pretty set. <laughs> I get it. You know, there are weeks that aren't great and you don't want to check in with your coach because you feel like maybe you were bad or you didn't do the things or you're going to let them down, but we can't help you unless you tell us. So right. like when you don't want to check in is when you need to check in the most, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Casey. I just, I love what you do. I love it so much. I'm so glad that you do what you do. It's amazing. Everyone that's a coach needs to do your course. I'll tell everybody. <laughs> And how else? So obviously coaches can work with you, but you do also offer one-on-one coaching. Can you tell us where to find you and what else you offer for like general pop? Yeah, definitely. So I am mainly on Instagram when it comes to social media. So if you want like free content to learn more about what I'm about or what my coaching team is about, definitely find me there. I'm coach Casey Joe over there. Um, my team account is KJO coaching, but I do post about it frequently. So even if you just follow me, you'll probably come across it eventually. Um, so that's where you can find me on social. If you want to look into like any programs I have, whether you are a coach that you're listening or you're just interested in maybe like a workshop where you can learn a little bit more about self-control or something like that, whether you're a coach or not, um, you can find all of that stuff at my website, which is kjocoaching.com. Um, and everything is there. You can learn more about me. You can learn, learn more about the coaches on my team, learn more about my programs, like literally everything you can find there. It's a great blog. all all the bells and whistles. (laughs) So those are your, probably your best bets to kind of like get started. Lots of free stuff too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to check out her social. It's your infographics are amazing. Everything is so easily digestible. And you guys, that's how, you know, if someone knows what they're talking about, 
right? If they can break it down for you in a way that's easy for you to understand, they know what they're talking about. So (laughs) again, thank you, Casey. Thanks for taking your time with me today. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Yes. Thanks so much, Kylie. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Here's the Deal. If you are interested in joining me for our January programs of Lift to Get Lean or Lift to Get Lean Revive, I still have a couple spots available. Make sure you check out www.lifttogetleanwithkylie.com for more information. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.